Hello, good people, and welcome inside another edition of the Adam Jones Podcast. I'm Jerry Coleman. He's the former five-time All-Star and a retired Oriole. He is Adam Jones. We're presented by the Baltimore Banner, and today in episode number 47, AJ, we'll be joined by former Orioles backstop Matt Wieters. It'll be nice to catch up with Matt. We'll also get into Adam's celebratory week at Camden Yards and in Baltimore where he was feted and treated like a king. And what may be in store for the future for number 10? We'll deliver another edition of Socially Speaking as well. React to one of your posts on X, as they call it now. Instagram, Facebook, yeah. And of course, those Apple Podcast reviews. We actually show you how to do it to qualify for a gift card in that segment. Five-man infield, two in the outfield. And the ball game is over. Way back in right field, Matt Wieters. Goodbye, a grand slam, game-winning home run. Well, let's get things going with our featured guest brought to us by our friends at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. He's the former Orioles catcher. He is Matt Wieters. Matt, appreciate you taking time to join us here on the Adam Jones Podcast Unfortunately, you weren't able to make Adam's retirement ceremony last week. So I got to ask the question, where the heck were you, buddy? Well, as Adam knows, trying to chase around three boys and sporting events and and now me being back in school with those uh, requirements. So, uh, man, I was bummed I missed it. I I, I, uh, I look forward to, to hopefully Jones are going in the Hall of Fame here soon and Marquecas. And we well, hopefully we have a lot of these get-togethers coming back around soon in Baltimore. I was able to, to get up for JJ. It worked out to go to his Hall of Fame. And it's just, it's it's so much, it's so cool to be in Baltimore and in, in Camden Yards when you can kind of have the memories of, of what we went through and what we accomplished together was, was pretty special. We get to see you, brother. What you been up to, man? Uh, you, you retired from the game a couple of years ago and you got the kids going. You're back at Georgia Tech. Uh, what, what's what's up? What's new with Matt Wieters? That's about it. It's, it's busy chasing chasing boys around. Is busy. Um, school is interesting. I'm a lot smarter now than I think I was the first time I went through school. Um, just maybe because I showed up the class and pay attention. It's a little bit easier when you do those two things. But uh, no, it's it's fun. It's an, it's a new stage of life to where. Every day you don't quite know where you're going to go. Before when you're playing every day, you know I'm waking up. I'm going to do whatever I can to to get better, to help the team win, to do all these things. Like, it was the same thing every day. And now it's like you wake up every day and it's like, I don't know where it's going to go, but uh, it, it, it's good to kind of kind of keep your mind open and, and see uh, what's what's uh, in store for you today. How much baseball do you watch, big fella? Me, I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker. That's all I do is watch baseball. Everybody, obviously, the O's are the topic of discussion. But how much do you, are you able to watch baseball and how much have, have you seen uh, of the Orioles this year? Uh, not much. And, and – uh, Sad to say that like, I went to probably I've watched my first game live. The Cardinals came in and were playing the Braves and a couple of my buddies dragged me down there. I mean, I don't know if I really want to go and go and go and watch guys, uh, you know, kind of busy. But but uh, but no, we were able to, to go and we got to sit behind the dugout and see right behind the guys I was used to. I played my last team with. So that, so that was a good time. But but I've watched probably less than three games since I've been done playing. So. So not too much um, <laughs> watching more Little League Baseball and college baseball than I am Major League Baseball. As far as the Orioles, I mean, they're playoff bound with such a young core. How much have you had a chance to observe them? Yeah, follow them for sure. Like I still I still kept up, keep up with all the storylines and, and it's it's hard with the media to even turn that off. So I, but it's been great because one, 
uh, Maria, show, Maria, my wife, shows me all of uh, people's pictures from social media because I don't, I don't have any of, of that either. But but seeing the stadium for Jonesy when he retired, like that was just like this unbelievable to see Orioles Camden Yards, you know, look like that. It's like man, I, that, that took me back to 2012, 2014, 2000. Like it, it's like that's what it's supposed to look like. So so it's really cool, you know, seeing what uh, they got going now and and. You know, it kind of feels in a similar way to what kind of what we had going. They have a young group of guys who are coming up together and, and just playing really good baseball. And it's not like you have name name after name, but it's like guys playing together as a team, which is was really fun to, to kind of see how they're doing. I may not be watching it exactly to see with my eyes, but to, just to kind of the formula they're following feels eerily similar to, to what we kind of follow. Are there some players, anyone in particular, that stand out that maybe – have caught your attention. Obviously, the natural would be Adley Rushman, who was a top draft pick just like you. I, In fact, I remember when you made your debut in 2009 against the Tigers. Stadium was packed. When Adley was brought up, it was Preakness Day. They announced it at the last second. They had a very small crowd. I think they wanted a soft opening for him, but things have turned out nicely. Yeah, nice. No, he's, 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 I, I do follow him. I, probably one of the most impressive things when I watched him in home run derby and just see, I, I would not have had the guts to flip around and hit from the other side after after being called. I'll, I'll put it that way. You know, being a switcher, I'm like, man, that was, that's a gutsy performance to turn around and then hit the balls out like he did. But but no, it's uh, like I said, it, it it's fun kind of following guys' career from afar at, at the same time. Like, like when you can kind of you know, latch on to guys, you kind of see what they're going through and, and seeing how they handle it compared to, to how we handled it coming through. Explain for people that don't know, as an all-star catcher, gold glove catcher, people are, hey, man, I, people are always trying to put you in the back burner. This guy, I'm hell no. I take, I'm taking wheat. That's my dude. Doing wheat. But explain to, to people, how hard is it really to manage switch hitting, to manage a pitching staff? You got to catch heat. You're not small. You're a big dude being 6'5". Like, how do you? How did you manage playing? You played 12 years. How did you manage being that big for these kids that are bigs and you can't do this? You defied the position. Yeah, I tell you what, the human body is an amazing thing. If you keep doing something for long enough, your body will adjust and, and be able to do it. Uh, um, you know, being big, like, like, uh, like I said, the hitting and managing all the different time and things like that. That's what I enjoyed doing. Like I, I love doing it. So it didn't really seem like time. Like we got to play baseball for a living. So it actually kind of helped. I think with the hitting side of now I have to focus on getting a scattering report going, kind of trying to get my pitcher locked in. Like, like that helped with all of it. Cause it, it didn't give you time to think about this game's really hard. So all the stuff catching it comes with it. It's like, well, it actually keeps you busy and keeps you thinking about how hard this game is. And then with the body thing, I mean, going, finishing in St. Louis and getting to play behind Yachty and just seeing how he literally has just trained his body to where I'm going to catch today. And I'm going to catch today. And he, he had no other thought to it. And, and early in my career, that's kind of how it was in Baltimore. And like I said, the knees and the back didn't start getting stiff till I stopped doing it every day. And, and so that, I mean, it's something to where if we train our body to do something for long enough, then uh, you'll be able to keep doing it. I want to talk about catching because that's the the big topic of catching is the one knee. Um, I remember you being a traditional two guy, being on your both feet. Um, I don't at the last couple of years. I don't know. Again, you you didn't play as much because you're behind Yachty and you don't play behind Yachty. <laughs> yeah. um, well, how do you feel about that? Because again, as a as a good block guy, you're I mean a big target. Um, 
does it help you? Does it hurt you? Does it help you throwing? Does it like what? What's what are the benefits and the downfalls of dropping to one knee for these young catchers? Who I mean, that's the standard. You see everybody yeah. because I know they're they're trying to come under and get that low strike. So uh, what's the benefits and what's the downfalls of it? Yeah, I tell you what, I tried it because I had a lot of time to, to play around with stuff when I was in St. Louis. So so I, I tried everything there. When I, when I didn't really get to try to check out the games, but I, I tried to, to play with it. But I liked it for receiving. I thought it. I thought it does. It's a. I actually think it helps you block, and I think it helps your receiver well. I didn't. I couldn't figure out the footwork. Maybe it was from being a little bit of a taller catcher, or just not doing it from a a young age. Um, but throwing is one thing that I, I didn't ever feel comfortable with. But it does. It, it 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 keeps you still and keeps you kind of. So there are benefits there. There's like if I can stay still, I'm giving a good target to the pitcher there. And you're already in a position to block. All you got to do is turn your glove over. So, so it, it there are a lot of benefits to it, and I see it. But I was I was one. If I can't throw from him and the guy's on base, I'm not going to do it with a guy on base. I could do it without a guy on base, but I wasn't going to lose one of the good parts of my game by going to knee with a guy on base. Matt, as we near October, you've been in the postseason several times, including a couple of times with the Orioles in 2012 and 16. What do you recall about those encounters? And also, how important do you feel playoff experience is, especially for the Orioles group that has very few guys with that type of resume? Uh, well, I think Showalter always said it best. Is you play 162, 162 games for a chance to roll the, dice, roll the dice in the postseason. And that's what it is. And when you get a good group of guys who sees that we're going to grind for 162 and just have that mindset of, you've got to play the momentum swings. You've got to do that in the playoffs. And, and if you can come in with that mindset and not get caught up by the bad things that will happen in the playoffs and just wait for kind of, or make it happen to where things turn around and you just kind of jump on the opportunity, anything can happen. Uh, experience is great, but experience only tells you that it tells you it's like it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. That, that's what experience tells you for the playoffs. So as long as you kind of have that mindset of like, we're going to do it, we're going to do it until it doesn't happen. You keep that mindset of always, it, it can turn at any second. And that's the good thing about baseball is there's no clock to run out. There's pitch clock now, but we'll have a different – that's a different conversation. But but there's no clock. you gotta get, you got to get 27 outs. We'll resume our chat with former Orioles backstop Matt Weeders here on the Adam Jones Podcast. But first, let's salute our loyal, dedicated sponsors, many who are at Adam's retirement game, including Eric Brady from Effective Solutions, and also thanks to Hollywood Casino Perryville, for their entertainment we had last week. The Adam Jones Podcast is proud to welcome the Baseball Warehouse, our exclusive sponsor for our For the Bird segment. Hi guys, Oriole Hall of Famer and ambassador to the Baseball Warehouse, Mike Bordick here. We are honored and excited to help support the Adam Jones Podcast. The Baseball Warehouse has four locations in Maryland and two in Pennsylvania. We specialize in private instruction, camps, showcases, charity events, Badgers baseball, and one-of-a-kind events featuring current Major League players and Hall of Famers. Our instructors have all played collegiately and professionally, many of whom have reached the major leagues. Check out thebaseballwarehouse.com to learn more and check us out on social media. Also, make sure to check out Orioles Hall of Famer Rick Dempsey's Baseball Warehouse opening in Columbia this October. Yeah, it's October 8th from 1 to 5 p.m. I'll be there with many of my former teammates, and I want to see you there. 
The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Jimmy's Famous Seafood, Charm City's favorite crab cake destination. Local sports fan? Experience the ultimate pregame party at the tailgate. Cheer on the Ravens with iconic live performances, an open bar, and mouth-watering eats. Can't make it? No worries. Bring the same food that caught the attention of the Food Network right to your doorstep. Shipping East Coast recipes nationwide. Jimmy's Famous Seafood is the official sponsor of the guests appearing on the Adam Jones Podcast. And by our friends at the Weinman Company. By Hollywood Casino Perryville. For some, it's a game of chance, but for you, it's a game of choice. Hollywood and Barstool are bringing you more ways to bet in Maryland. Catch all the action in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville at the Barstool Sportsbook or bet online with the Barstool Sportsbook app. When you download the Barstool Sportsbook app, register and wager, you can get up to $1,000 bonus cash, plus up to $1,000 when you sign up and wager in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville. Play from anywhere and get up to $2,000. The choice is yours. Must be in the state of Maryland to wager and over 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. By Jack Daniels, two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, the number one cocktail in the world, is now available in a can. Yes, that's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, ready to drink? Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. By Effective Solutions, your one-stop shop for commercial contracting. Everything from excavation and site development to emergency remediation and restoration. Effective Solutions specializes in many forms of commercial and mixed-use construction, like leak investigation, framing, trim carpentry, insulation, drywall, painting, wallpaper, flooring, masonry, waterproofing, paving, tree removal, and much more. With a dedicated staff and a commitment to quality, Effective Solutions delivers every time. Buy G-Leaf Medical Cannabis only. Visit gleaf.com. Medical cannabis is for qualified Maryland patients only. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Royal Farms. Download the Royal Farms app from the Apple App Store or Google Play today. New Royal Farms Rewards members will get a free any size cup of Royal Farms award-winning coffee just for signing up. Hey Justin, keep an eye on the time. It's your night to handle dinner. No worries. Got it covered. It's great getting dinner ready with no worries. That's why I never waste time and go straight to Royal Farms. Their chicken is fresh, never frozen, hand-breaded, and cooked right in the store. Oh, wow, this smells amazing. I'm so impressed. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. And a reminder, if you guys are enjoying this podcast, make sure to check out the Baltimore Banner at thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get started. Let's get back to it. Our continuing conversation with former Oriole Matt Weeders right here on the Adam Jones Podcast. Uh, we're watching these guys now. They, they are core. That's not just a, a group of misfits. They're actually a core. How long do you think this can last? Because at the end of the day, when you got a bunch of good players, that means somebody's going to have to get paid, somebody's not going to get paid. How long do you think that this window with the Orioles can last? Because they their minor leagues coming up is just as stacked as the major league roster. But again, it's windows. Uh, I was part of a trade to, to make teams better. So what do you see with the future of this team beyond just right now? Because, again, they're, they are exceeding expectations right now, not, not in that clubhouse, to the outside media. We always went through that crap. Um, but, but how long do you think that they, they can ride this? Because with, with that youth and that athleticism, only hamstrings slow that down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, uh, I think if we had to do it all over again, we would have 
all sign 15 year deals to play with each other for a good bit of money, but we would all sign 15 year deals to be in Baltimore together with, with, with all the, all the boys that they came up together. Cause I, I was thinking about that driving in before uh, I was going to call. I was like, we just, we had a unique experience, but we had guys who came up together and we had great veterans who were there and, and Derek Lee came in, Vlad came in, Ty Wigginton came in, Brian Roberts, like we had great veterans, but it was always kind of like the core bought in of the young guys at an early age. As soon as you got over there, Nick had already bought in. JJ came over, he had bought in like, like, like there were just a group of guys who had bought into like, we're going to be good. And this is the group that's going to do it. And it is part of business contractual things will, will happen and it'll happen to this group eventually too but that doesn't change your mindset of you've got to be able to buy into where if it doesn't happen and and you're they're able to find ways to keep guys around and keep guys around then you've got to be able to have the mindset well we're going to do it every year that we're here and until until they tell us we ain't going to pay anymore then uh then you keep thinking this this group's going to do it Matt, when it comes to pitch counts, uh, they're very important, it seems, more these days than when you played. Was that something, though, you noticed when you were behind the plate if a pitcher was starting to lose it a little bit and maybe the pitching coach would confer with you? And how do you feel about the way it's evolved where, you know, if you throw 100-plus pitches, your arm could possibly actually be amputated? (laughs) Yeah. Baseball players are – we're trained creatures, so it, it, I, I've always felt that if you train some somebody who's a top athlete to be able to do it, they can do it. You know, catching Scherzer is like like I knew when when Scherzer was turning on for his last fifteen or twenty pitches, and he was going to last fifteen or twenty more pitches, and that was it. But but it, that may be pitch hundred, that may be pitch hundred and fifty for him. Like like he trained himself to where he could empty the tank with twenty more last pitches. So when when we kind of he was one of those when you saw him start to fade. As soon as he started turning on, he had 15 to 20 more. And, he, and he, that, was, that was pretty standard for him. And, and different guys are different. Some guys are two times through the lineup. And, and we're just seeing a generation of, of guys who you've got to figure out how they are wired and, and, and then kind of each treating each individual pitcher individually. And, and that's the thing is we can't – I don't like the part of putting everybody in one cookie cutter. This is what it's going to be because our history, our backgrounds, our, our upbringing kind of – tells me more than necessarily he's at pitch 75. We got to get him out. And I want to follow with that is you're the eyes and ears for the, for the pitching coach. I mean, you helped, especially now where they got limits on how many times they can go out there on both sides of catchers. Like what signs do you see from the pitchers? Again, Scherzer, that's, that's a damn unicorn. Okay. You say, like no one's, no one's doing with things with, with guys like him are doing 120 pitches per start. Guys just don't do that. Like you see with George Kirby, crying he was at 90 hey he shouldn't have thrown more than night i thought he was a dude so uh what do you see like as a catcher a guy especially you go to a young guy or you go with the guy you caught the most tillman yeah when he was getting tired what did you notice from him opposed to when he was right on yeah command command first off guys start getting up in the zone and nowadays that's the hard part nowadays is so many guys pitch up in the zone so you're like oh maybe he starts getting down in the zone so so i i don't know what uh what's gonna go on for all the high spin guys when they get tired, but, but the command goes first. And, but it, to me, it's more personality and psychology. Tillman is the guy that's always going to tell you he's good. I'm good. I'm good. So as a catcher, you get, there are some guys who you've got to kind of rein back and kind of protect them a little bit. And then there are some guys you got to kick in the butt. And, and that was what it was more psychology. It's like, you may be looking for an exit, but, 
but you got to give it all you got before you can look for an exit or maybe, Hey, I know he's saying he's good, but command's gone. He's, he's breathing heavy. He, he, he's, he's tired right now. Matt, last one I have for you living in Atlanta, which is a town that I grew up and was born in. I know it's a football town, but how much do they have? They have to be paying attention to the Braves, right? No, it's a, it's a Braves town. And that's what, but uh, I grew up a Braves fan, but now I don't really, I'm not a Braves fan anymore because they never paid my salary. So, so <laughs> I, I don't root for them. Um, but every everybody I run into is a Braves fan. You, and that's what makes it hard about not watching much baseball. Hey, did you watch the Braves game last night? Nope, I did not. I, I, went, to, I went to bed. You guys were up till 11. I went to bed. And I, I was not watching the Braves game last night. But, but, but no, it's, it's, Tell you what, it's a special team there. When when I'll flip on there and just seeing what they're doing, it they're doing it the same way with really high end talent, but it's still the same thing. It's a group of core guys who have bought into like we're going to do it together. Now they they've gotten some guys on some with some really good talent. They've signed some contracts they probably shouldn't have, and they've gotten some guys where they've paid money to come in here and, and be a part of that. Maybe more so than than what Baltimore has done, but it's the it's the same mentality. It's the same thing of like. We're dudes. We're going to do it together. Nobody's, no other nine guys have put on the field is going to beat us. Oh, so this is my last one for you, big fella. I'll let you go, man. Uh, appreciate your time. The state of baseball, do you think it's in a good state going forward? I do. Uh, obviously, I work for the commissioner, so I better say I do. Um, but no, I, I think it is the youth movement. The uh, I don't know. I'm not particular in the rules. I think that's still a little it's a conversation, but the direction of the game, I think, is going a good way. How do you feel about the direction of baseball? And and speak on the collegiate, the amateur level as you coach in college. So you can, you see, you got little C, you got CC Sabathia's son. So you see a lot more than I do, a lot different amateurly, the collegiate, which is different. So how do you see the future of baseball coming, joining from the SEC or ACC? Yeah, I can, I can probably go so many different ways uh, with this. Um, the crazy part is the amount of talent is in youth baseball, especially in Atlanta, especially in the college level. Like, like, like the talent level of these kids coming up is crazy. Like, like we used to, you know, we used to go through the minor leagues and we'd see a guy who was really off the chart talent and be like, man, that guy's as good a player as I've seen. I see countless guys like that coming to college. And, but it, it's, it's, it's hard. Cause it's, it's a weird, it's a weird spot we're in right now. I feel like with, uh, with, with baseball at the youth level, because there's there's so much specialization in it. There's so much time put into it. The, my biggest concern is we're getting a generation of kids that don't know if they really love the game of baseball or just want to play because it's it, it's it's a profession that they want to play for. I know when we grew up, we were playing multiple sports all the time, and and, and we, we loved baseball, and it was a passion that we had for it. Now it's, it's, it's finding out – kids are having to figure out later on, I feel like of whether they really want to play baseball or just, it's just something that was put in front of them that they've done for so long that they have to do it. Um, so that's kind of the hard part for me from the youth side of, of how do we keep these kids not necessarily training mechanics and swings and things like that at the little league high school, college we need to probably get that, but, but are we training these kids just to love the game of baseball and to want to go and watch it and want to go and like, Hey, I came, I come home. I always say your kids will tell you what they want to do with what they do when they get home. If they come home and want to throw the baseball, they want to hit in the backyard, push that. If they don't, maybe you're pushing them a little bit too hard of they're at the field five days a week and they don't want to come do it when they get home. So, so it's, it's always going to be, 
I've always said, there's nobody that can be your better coach, better instructor than yourself. You, you've got to push yourself. And, and, and uh, I, I think uh, your mindset of stay hungry, Jonesy, is something that kind of has hit me even more after being done playing. That's kind of key as you go through your career. If you, if you really can stay hungry and want to go out there and this is what I want to do, I'm going to get whatever I can, not sitting on anything I've done. It's all about what can I do to get better. Then that's, that's, that's how I improve. Um, as far as the major league level, I think I think baseball is the greatest game ever invented. I find it hard sometimes when we do try and tweak it. I understand everybody's trying to to make it as efficient and as fan friendly and all this stuff. I, I thought it was great for 150 years. I, I don't necessarily feel like we need to reinvent the wheel too much. Maybe we'll scale it back and find a. Sometimes maybe you have to, you know, rip a bandaid off to see how much it's actually bleeding. But uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll we'll find a spot to where it's back there we don't have to necessarily even think about the pitch clock anymore think about all right that's the second pickoff now we can't pick off again or, or whatever rules we want to do that weren't a part of the game i feel like those may have not been the best things to get added just personally because i'm like i thought it was great before and, and so we'll see where that goes i, I think everybody baseball is thriving and everybody wants to play baseball. It's just about how do we put the right guardrails on? And also how do we take the, the guardrails off at, at, at what points? And it's all going to be a battle. It's And we live in an age where it's going to be scrutinized either way you do it. Matt, always a pleasure to be able to catch up with you. You were always accessible as a player, just like Adam. Although I think your locker uh, was very close to the entrance of the uh, locker room, which Smart I don't know locker. if that was strategic or not, but <laughs> we got the back door. I'm out. Yeah, exactly. Adam Hid, you were you were always up front in there when you are today. So thank you for being here. <laughs> thank All you, Weedy. Right. I appreciate it. Good seeing you guys. Good, Good seeing you, you. Now, Adam, refresh my memory. I mean, Matt got to Baltimore right after you arrived. What do you recall? What is your first impression of Matt Weeders? Who may be listening in the background? Well, I mean, the first impression was we knew we were getting a college catcher ready to play in the major leagues right now, ready to control the major leagues right now. And from day one, when he had to share times with Zahn, but when he got there, he um, he just he was he was a he was a leader, like immediately. And that's that's what Adley is. Immediately, you're a leader. That's a position that you do not have to worry about now. Uh, they, they're getting Adley off his feet more. Weeders played more games physically beyond dish, but that doesn't, that doesn't matter. But no, he, he was a teacher, man. He, he came first day, said, hey, I'm the catcher. All right, I'm the center fielder. <laughs> we got a shortstop. And that's what it allowed us to do. Like we had guys that played a position and played a premier to where I played center field. I'm, let me roam center field. Markakis was in right. You got other guys, you got Diaz, uh, you had Scott, you had a lot of guys in left. Let me play center, let them play that. Once we, When we did that and we had pieces that played those positions, we played the best baseball in, in the league. Once we went away from that, it was a little tougher. Because you can't say I've gone from one year winning a gold glove to next year I'm not, the, I'm like they're saying I'm bad center fielder. No, nah, Marquecas ain't here no more. So I, I got a different guy. I, what, you, what you're talking about? Take, take, you know what I mean? That's that's the thing with sports and analytics. They just they don't read that part. But no, uh, Weeders was a teacher, man, and he taught me. He helped me. Like he he jumped my ass too. If if like, that's what leaders do, and I'll jump his ass too. Believe that. But <clears throat> the guy was a leader. The guy was a teacher. He took control of our pitching staff, and you know he made me look real good because he had unbelievable hands and made some of the best uh, t- 
tags at home plate. So I'm forever grateful. We look forward to seeing him back at Camden Yard soon. All right. Time now to move along to our For the Birds segment, Adam. And I believe you're back after almost a week here in Baltimore in good old Barcelona. Oh, man, I had to get back out here to beautiful Barcelona. But, no, my time in Baltimore was amazing. I'll be back to the playoffs as they clinched last Sunday. So, you know what? Hey, it's an exciting time right now. The Ravens are 2-0. and What a great win to go into Cincinnati. Uh, obviously, you know, it's a tough place there. Uh, it's just a good week right now overall in Birdland. Both the birds are flying high. And uh, just to be a little part of it, just to have myself a blip note into any of this is – it's just humbling, and uh, it was just a great time. Got to see you, hang out with you, um, see other people. Obviously, it was just a, a overwhelming weekend of love, of support. I was extremely humbled by everybody, by the fan base. Um, I thank the Angelosis for uh, allowing me to do something like this. You know, really, it's <clears throat> it's up to ownership to greenlight things like this when they can easily say no. Uh, it just means that they they know that I meant a lot to this organization, a lot to this city. And uh, to be celebrated for one night, it was was fantastic. My boys got to see it. They fighting the whole way, running down the dang. Uh, oh, we'll get to that. Yeah, jeez, <laughs> man. Just, just, like, they cannot. But then when I told them that like, 43,000 people was watching you, they're like, oh, what? And then say, 43,000 people see you guys be little butts. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> yep, third largest crowd of the season to date. <laughs> As we said, you returned to sign your retirement papers. Even got the podcast a shout-out. Thanks to Valerie Preactor for asking that question. We have that for you here. You talked about your presence on social media and keeping with that. And now you have your podcast, which is part of the Baltimore Media Group. And how's it been for you on the other side of the microphone now to kind of have the control? Well, yeah, me and my, where's yeah, there he is. Me and my co-host Jerry Coleman on the uh, Adam Jones podcast. It's it's talking Baltimore sports. It's we tr- we want to get Mr. Elias, but we respect his time and we respect his his words. He's a very very busy man. <laughs> um, but no, it's basically delving into uh, to Baltimore sports again. I, I, if I speak to San Diego, no one's listening. If I speak to Texas, no one's listening. Speaking to Baltimore, the fans here really appreciate my insight and stories. And the Orioles have been fantastic with uh, supplying us with guests. Uh, they've been just amazing at that. Um, and it's it's different. It's obviously a different side. I got to do a little more research. I make sure that I, I dig up some uh, information on the the guests for the week. And it's, it's a different side of it. So Mike Elias was a little cagey there. I don't know if he wants to be on the podcast or we haven't invited him or what, but we certainly want him. So your invitation is extended, Mr. GM. Uh, I would love to have him. It's just, you know, certain people I like to – to leave alone, you know what I mean. Yeah. I know certain people that are that like to talk, but then sometimes I'm like, like people want cakes, but I know cakes. I, I respect his privacy. I respect that he just he wants to just be left the hell alone. I respect that about people. Me, call me. I hop on somebody's podcast and say what's up to him and give some stories. But I I, I respect some people's uh, privacy factors by knowing them. But, hey, Mr. Elias, ooh, you on the call. You on the clock now, baby. We got you. You on the clock. We will be contacting you, and hopefully you can uh, get on get on the podcast and do some great things. As you've seen, we've done nothing but support the Orioles and put try and put them in the best light as possible. Um, we don't try and uh, hide anything. We don't try and uh, low, blow, low blow. We don't try to have secret agendas. We just want these guys to get their flowers 
and uh, just be, you know, get seen, be talked. Because without social media nowadays, like you don't really get to know these guys besides these kind of interactions. So uh, it's cool that we get to uh, allow these guys to let their hair down. So that's always the funnest thing, I think, with, with the podcast. So, Mr. Elias, we're going to get you on and we're going to get you to, we're going to really, we're going to undress you a little bit. We're going to have some fun with you. We'll spend more time on this in just a moment, but you mentioned Marcakis, and of course I had to go up and ask him, and uh, the stare and look and response I got told me that he will never appear on this podcast. That is pretty much confirmed. He looked at me like, are you crazy? I go, you podcast. I said, you spoke to that hack Dan Conley a few weeks ago or months ago. He said, yeah, I couldn't wait to get off the phone. So <laughs> that was the end of that. Anyway, the only faux pas I thought for you in the pregame press conference was you ensuring that Burger Cookies will never be a sponsor of the Adam Jones podcast after you absolutely destroyed them. Very true. Uh, hey, look, at, hey, I've said things before. And I just had to try them out. So maybe I'm just throwing throwing them bait so that they make me some really good burger cookies. And yeah, I like them. You know what I'm saying? We're honor buying people. At, but at the end of the day, I got there and I'm like, who puts all of this chocolate on one cookie? Like, that's like enough Duncan Hines for like seven cookies. You put it on <laughs> one. I, I like sugar. I like sweets. I'm not trying to get a diet. I'm not trying to get a diabetic coma <laughs> like half of a half of a cookie. Like <laughs> I would scrape off 75 percent of that thing and eat it normally. Uh, but no, I would appreciate the Baltimore traditions. Like I'm from San Diego, man. We're, we're Mexican food. Okay, come get some fish tacos. Yeah. Uh, but in Baltimore, you guys got some really cool traditions, and I don't have to go by and abide by all of them. I don't have to like all of them, but I respect all of them. And there, there lies the difference. You don't got to like everything. I don't, there's a lot of things I like. Again, we talked about, I like that nasty ass natty boat. Never had one, but I respect it. Obviously they've been in business for a long time. A lot of college kids keeping them in business. Of course. (laughs) All right. You mentioned it. Uh, I want to know how you think things went in general. Of course, my favorite part was watching Axel and August beat up on each other as you trotted in from center field. I heard the tongue lashing they got from your wife. That was great as well. You took a break and acted like you were out of breath as they were trying to each other to see who could I get was. the lead. No, I you was. weren't. They told me right. They told me as I'm walking out there, walking towards center field, like the whole back way, like opening day. There's like it's gonna be like opening day. I'm like, I gotta really run. I gotta really run out there. They said, Yeah. I'm like, With whose legs? Who's stretched? Ain't nobody stretched. And I was like, Hey, whoo! Let me embrace this. But no, it was awesome, man. It was incredible. Um, Berlin is always put on, put on for me. Berlin is always put on for me. Always, always is, uh, you know, answer the call, but they respected the way I played the game. I play softball. So he's like a, he's a big inspiration to me. That made it easier for them to like me. No matter what I say, do it. If I play, I showed up every day in the home of Cal Ripken Jr. If you ain't showing up every day, if you, I, I got a hang now. I can't play today. <sighs> <laughs> I, I learned early certain things just, just not fly in Baltimore. Day off, me and Richie Bansells, was, he was like, dude, the biggest thing I respect is you never came in my office. The, uh, he had me for 10 years. Not one time that ever comes off and said, oh, I need I need Richie. Richie got to pull me out. I got to somehow. It was always the other way. Somebody trying to sit me down, and I'm like, nah, nah, I'm good. I'm good to go. I'm good to go. There's always that. You got to play the game, man. And Birdland respected that. And I want to show my boys that, look, man, you put in some hard work, you put your head down in the sand, you grind it out, 
good things happen. And for 11 years, I was able to wear the black and orange. I was able to represent a city that is a hardworking city, a city that needs a lot of love, <clears throat> doesn't get the national respect um, of other cities. And people know that. Um, but Baltimore is special and always will be special to me. And, you know, you, you've seen just the interactions. And, you know, we obviously we've been together the last few times I've been to Camden and when I'm there, it's a little different. You know what I mean? I've, I've been around. I've been there so many times. You have other players and former players that have come around, and you hear the fans talking and all that kind of stuff. Um, it was a little different when uh, when myself was there. When you got Marquez there, you got CD there, you got Tommy Hunter there, O'Day there. Like we had such a good core there. Obviously, tons of other people that are still uh, playing. Um, but it, it's it, it's it's a special place. And um, reality of business is, you know, like someone asked a question at the press conference, you didn't exit as, you know, as ceremoniously as, as you thought and whatever. I was like, man, that's business. That's not, that's just how things go. But, you know, we're grown men. We can shake hands. Uh, there's a lot of people, again, that we, we've worked with our colleagues. And you never, you can't get along with everybody. That's just impossible. But you can be respectful to everybody. And, you know, as you get older, you just be like, hey, maybe I didn't handle it that way the right way at 27, maybe the hand the right way at 29 or 40, whatever. But going forward, you can handle, you can definitely handle the right way and talk about it. That's grown men. When, you, when you're a grown man, you don't just hold on to these grudges, these high school grudges. Oh, man, you, 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 you try to slip my boyfriend a note. No, 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 <laughs> no, we're grown men. And uh, I'm just glad that uh, the Angelos and Elias have opened that dialogue to just be you know, professionals and uh, just for, again, forever grateful for the Angelos is for putting this on and allowing me to be celebrated with my family, my friends that was there, my aunt, my two aunties, uh, they're like the closest of, from, to my mom, um, like their energy. When those two were together, again, I had a sip of my aunt's drink and I said, damn, she's like, yeah, this is for, this one's for your mom. I was like, did you stop at Exxon before you came down there? <laughs> like, woo. But uh, no, it was to have that energy of just both sides of the family, all the spectrum of my baseball life come together for one night. And I'm sure there'll be more of those um, was, was just special. Well, there may be more and hopefully there will be in the future, because if you followed this podcast and by the way, we're showing a lot of the highlights. If you're watching on YouTube, you should and make sure to subscribe. But it's no secret that you're working for MLB as an ambassador in their cap program. You did turn to Mike Elias and say, if there were a job opening, uh, you know, around Camden Yards and with the Orioles, you wouldn't be turning that down either. And that's not been a secret if you follow this podcast. No. And, you know, the CAP program is amazing because it allows me to obviously be flexible with my schedule since I have young boys. But it also allows me to pick and choose my 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 avenues of work. I can go to the Hank Aaron. I can go to just different uh, events and organ handle different organizations. And they give me the leeway to to build like I can go uh, holler at the holler at a couple of young minor league guys who, you know, maybe going through some stuff like I can go through the cap program. I'm allowed to go down to the minor leagues and they, hey, we got you. We got you. Hey, you're struggling. Just to pro, you're welcome to pro ball. Welcome. Welcome to having a having a real job and not being on mommy and daddy's payroll. You know what I mean? Welcome <laughs> to the real world. And, like that's what we are at, at Cap. We're trying to bridge this gap and 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 show these young kids and major leaguers that you know there, there's obviously there's stuff after life, but while you're playing, there's so many avenues that we can tackle. Uh, if you got a problem, come to us. This year, you're you're in the media and in the, in the national in the writing spectrum of it, and you haven't seen many articles about pitch clock, about 
the times of the times. You had, it was at the very, very beginning of the season. And then after that, it all went blank because why? The players stopped telling Jeff Pass and Ken Rosenthal. Stop telling Joel Sherman that you're tired of you, you you're tired of doing this. You gotta you only get one. No, come to me. Call me. Call Howard. Call CeCe. Call Jimmy Rollins. Call Dexter. Like there's so many. Call these guys. We'll get you on the phone with the person that you need to talk to and let's get the issue resolved. We don't need we don't need the these guys get for clicks. We don't need that no more. And we're the bridge to that. And that is one of the best jobs because it, it just allows us to be ourselves. We're like, and the commissioner wants us to do that. He's like, I want you to be yourself, be authentic, be genuine, and help this game grow. And the group that we got is so amazing. Um, and for the Orioles, with the cap, it does allow me to work with a franchise. Uh, Rollins, Howard, CeCe, and other guys, they do work with, uh, other franchises in TV also. So it opens up uh, different avenues. Um, but I told, I, I, like I said before, uh, obviously coaching is tough just because I got young boys, but to be involved in a professional organization and to be able to help out um, again, like, like the cap program, I just want to be a big brother to these guys. I'm not coming in with an ego saying, Hey man, uh, Mullins, you're playing too deep. Mullins, you're playing too shallow. Mullins, you got to work on your money. Like job hits you do like, I'm not coming out there stepping on any major league guy's toes. I'm simply there, would be there. You need me? What you got? Somebody needs me here? What you got? A guy in the minors is struggling, you know, what, how can I help him? Uh, can I take him out to dinner, you know what I mean? And show just like relax his mind a little bit. Like what can what can I do to help the organization? Not what can I do to help myself? I don't need nothing. I had a great career. I was blessed to uh, make, make a good amount of money. I just want to get back to the game that is given, I mean, incredibly amount to me. See, I'm living in Spain. Hey, just because I like I like uh, Spanish food, it's because baseball has afforded me the riches of culture, of uh, diversity. And that's what baseball is. And I just want to help grow that as much as I can. And if I'm support, if I'm wearing the Orioles doing it, that would be fantastic. If I'm doing it with somebody else, that's part of the business. But uh, just again, what, what the black and orange represents and when it got my name on it, I mean, it's just a, a perfect match. Well, you did bust me a little bit for going there as a freebie. I was working as a media member. Uh, I was taking down notes diligently. I filmed a lot of stuff as well. In fact, I had a few observations I wanted to follow up with you on here on the podcast. No speech. Was that your call? Well, I did an incredibly long press conference. Okay. Well, so yeah, I, you know I what? That was the, I think that was the All uh, right. trade-off. Very long press conference. I was gassed. So there was 45 had, minutes of press conference. We had a, a water cooler. Yeah, it was a very long press conference. Um, and I, I think I, I think I said everything there. Um, I put out a, a social media post. Again, I could have I could have said something there. But what, what, what more do I need to say? Man, I tip my cap. There's nothing I can say that's like more than just saying how much humbled I am without crying. Like there's just I'm truly I would have been just like. Tip my hat again. He's <laughs> like, there's nothing, there's nothing I could have said because they said it for me. All right. As far as the former players that came in, and we just talked with one that wasn't able to make it, but the guys that were there, I already told you Marcakis wanted nothing to do with me in terms of the podcast. <laughs> Tommy Hunter asked yes. when he's going to come on the podcast. And I okay. said to him, and this was the dumbest comment of the night, what are you doing here, Tommy? I thought you still pitched for the Mets. Oh yeah, he he retired like literally mid season. Yeah, he did the Griffey. It was yeah. uh because I was looking for him in June, uh, because I was in the I, June or something of July. I was in New York, and I'm like, well, yeah, let me look up Tommy. 
Where's his roster? And I looked, ain't nowhere. I said, I got um, Audi hit his wife. And he was like, yeah, uh, he just came home. They said, uh, you can go on a DL or uh, I am sorry. Or just go home. He's like, man, let these young dudes pitch. I'm going home. Got three young boys, uh, one on the way. Um, it, it's it, it it's a blessing. And, hey, Tommy Hunter, I remember he came up. Uh, all they kept talking about the Rangers, this big kid, sinker baller, cutter, he's going to be around for a while. He turned that into a 14-year major league career. I mean, if you can't parlay that into that, like, that's special right there. That's special. And it, it was it was really awesome to see the guys. Again, people have incredibly busy schedules. We're in our mid to late 30s. So you have kids. You got activities. Like we, we had crazy activities with his kids. Uh, there's a lot of guys that had different things going on. Um, so I 100% respect that. So I'm just, that's why I'm even more grateful for the guys that did come because, you know, they spent, they spent their own time and money to to come celebrate me. Again, I would do the same thing for them, every last one of them. So uh, it's just it's, – they were brothers, man. It's just It was just cool to be um, to be seen. And uh, seeing Brian Bass, I haven't seen him in a while. Mark Rowell, he came in there. He was like, you don't remember me. He's like, Mark, I remember you. You got this funky wind-up. He's like, how do you remember? I was like – I remember every time I sat behind you. I actually got I probably was cussing you out because I chased some balls that hit off a wall. That's probably why I know you so well. Um, but it, it was just great to see everybody. See Gibbons come back. I know he's been battling some injuries this year. Uh, hopefully he gets back on his feet. Um, so it was just it was fantastic. The the current players obviously they needed to get their running and their stretching in, but they all came out to uh, to pay some respects. And I'm forever grateful, man. Just forever grateful. And it's just awesome with the high what hiders doing man they're just dudes is good man and it's fun but while we were there the weekend they didn't play that well it was a four-game skid that they went through now you're out for two in your last two appearances at games yeah and i wasn't going to mention that see so therefore i need to stay my ass away and go and be, <laughs> at, uh, be at the barbecue spot Re- real quickly though week. one last observation and that would be the first pitch just yeah. a bit outside as bob euchre used to say uh, uh, was that because you were tired from running in from center field I've not thrown a baseball uh, in a while, and it's reflective of it. Um, I, I, I didn't want to look like 50 Cent and throw it way over there. <laughs> I didn't want to look like John Wall and throw it right in front of me. Uh, well, I, actually, I threw a first pitch at the WBC. That was the last time I threw a baseball. That was six months ago. So, yeah, I just wanted to make sure that I got it there, got it in the air. Uh, I, I just didn't want to embarrass myself. Um, you know, I'm not going to be like each row, put on a full uniform, get on the mound, and crow hop. I'm not going to do that, but it was just a nice, easy toss to my my longest throwing partner of all time, 2110, me and Marquecas. Uh, when I told him, he was like, you really want me to do it? I'm like, yeah, man. He's like, if you want me to, I will. I was like, all right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Third largest crowd that Camden Yards has seen this year and well-deserved. crushed a deep left center field that ball is back and that ball is gone we're going into the ninth inning of this podcast it's time for some socially speaking where we answer a social media post or a podcast review and we'll show you how to do that just in case you know you're under 12 if you don't know how to rate the podcast in fact we put together a video that even a toddler can understand on your phone go to podcast then type in Adam Jones. Now you're at the Adam Jones podcast. Then just follow us. It's free. 
and rate us. Five stars would be great. Now that was easy, right? All right, this week's correspondence comes from Joe on X, formerly Twitter, at Ort921. He asks, Adam, do you have a favorite win in your career with the Orioles? I do, and I actually wrote it down so that I can get all the uh, just the details. And I probably still got them wrong in a little bit, but, uh, I mean, fact-checking on the Internet, you could do it. I didn't do it, but i just going off memory. My favorite win, obviously, everyone was fantastic, but 2012 wild card, first wild card game that was being played in baseball uh, that year in the expanded format, Joe Saunders going against the Texas Rangers, where he's faced him many times while being an angel, okay, his foe. One in seven would have, I think he was either 70 RA, something high to where even our fans was like, Buck, what's in the coffee? <laughs> he went out there and threw five plus innings for us. We ended up winning that game in the wildcard game. No one ever mentioned anything about that ever. Joe Saunders is a legend in my book for that game right there. And that was one of the biggest team wins because you know, going against the Rangers who uh, were – they went to the World Series back-to-back years the previous years. They were the, they were the juggernaut in the American League for those two, three years, and we took them down. Uh, you Darvish, welcome over here. Uh, he's, I mean, uh, fantastic. He's had a fantastic year. We were able to get him for some runs. We had, I think we ended up winning 5-2, something like that. Jim, uh, uh, um, uh, was it Seth Smith that caught the last sound, I believe, in left field? Um, but, no, that right there, that win, that solidified that, hey, when the lights is on us, we can play. We played some big games in September getting up there, but the, the, we didn't have the, the light on us game. The lights was on us in that game except in, in, uh, in 2012, and we showed up. So that that right there, that's, that's my greatest win as an oil. The memory still stands. All right, yeah. we want to thank and salute our loyal sponsors. Most, if you follow this podcast now through 47 episodes, have been, have been with us virtually since day one. And there's still room for you out there as well if you own a business. Hi, guys. Oriole Hall of Famer and ambassador to the baseball warehouse, Mike Bordick here. We are honored and excited to help support the Adam Jones podcast. The baseball warehouse has four locations in Maryland and two in Pennsylvania. We specialize in private instruction, camps, showcases, charity events, Badgers baseball, and one-of-a-kind events featuring current Major League players and Hall of Famers. Our instructors have all played collegiately and professionally, many of whom have reached the major leagues. Check out thebaseballwarehouse.com to learn more and check us out on social media. Also, make sure to check out Orioles Hall of Famer Rick Dempsey's Baseball Warehouse opening in Columbia this October. Yeah, it's October 8th from 1 to 5 p.m. I'll be there with many of my former teammates, and I want to see you there. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Jimmy's Famous Seafood, Charm City's favorite crab cake destination. Local sports fan? Experience the ultimate pregame party at the tailgate. Cheer on the Ravens with iconic live performances, an open bar, and mouth-watering eats. Can't make it? No worries. Bring the same food that caught the attention of the Food Network right to your doorstep. Shipping East Coast recipes nationwide. Jimmy's Famous Seafood is the official sponsor of the guests appearing on the Adam Jones Podcast. And by our friends at the Weinman Company. By Hollywood Casino Perryville. For some, it's a game of chance, but for you, it's a game of choice. Hollywood and Barstool are bringing you more ways to bet in Maryland. Catch all the action in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville at the Barstool Sportsbook or bet online with the Barstool Sportsbook app. When you download the Barstool Sportsbook app, register and wager, you can get up to $1,000 bonus cash, plus up to $1,000 when you sign up and wager in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville. Play from anywhere and get up to $2,000 
$1,000. The choice is yours. Must be in the state of Maryland to wager and over 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. By Jack Daniels, two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, the number one cocktail in the world, is now available in a can. Yes, that's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, ready to drink? Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. By Effective Solutions, your one-stop shop for commercial contracting. Everything from excavation and site development to emergency remediation and restoration. Effective Solutions specializes in many forms of commercial and mixed-use construction, like leak investigation, framing, trim carpentry, insulation, drywall, painting, wallpaper, flooring, masonry, waterproofing, paving, tree removal, and much more. With a dedicated staff and a commitment to quality, Effective Solutions delivers every time. Buy G-Leaf Medical Cannabis only. Visit gleaf.com. Medical cannabis is for qualified Maryland patients only. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Royal Farms. Download the Royal Farms app from the Apple App Store or Google Play today. New Royal Farms Rewards members will get a free any size cup of Royal Farms award-winning coffee just for signing up. Hey Justin, keep an eye on the time. It's your night to handle dinner. No worries. Got it covered. It's great getting dinner ready with no worries. That's why I never waste time and go straight to Royal Farms. Their chicken is fresh, never frozen, hand-breaded, and cooked right in the store. Oh, wow, this smells amazing. I'm so impressed. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. And a reminder, if you guys are enjoying this podcast, make sure to check out the Baltimore Banner at thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get started. So thanks to senior executive producer Chip Franklin. Chip will tell you he's a scratch golfer, which means after he shoots around, he goes in and scratches out his scorecard. We want to remind you, we'll be back next week. Until then, be kind, be real, and be back next time for another edition of the Adam Jones Podcast. (laughs) 